I'm Alex Kappelman. This is The Decision, the podcast where people try to convince me to finally abandon the Knicks and become a fan of their favorite team. This is episode nine, the Golden State Warriors. And what can I say about the Warriors? Uh, you know, they're the, they're the Warriors. They're a super team. They're so good that they're both the front runner and at the same time, I really can't see myself choosing them just because they're, they're like too good. So the guy who's going to help me parse out these feelings is Albert Samaha. He's the criminal justice reporter at BuzzFeed. Uh, and I got to say, he makes some really good points. Um, so get ready for a good conversation about the Warriors. Uh, when I was in high school, me and my buddy Jack, who's a Raptor fan, uh, we got $6 tickets <laughs> to watch a Warriors-Raptors game. $6 tickets? $6 tickets. When you were in high school, which is like the like m- mid-2000s. Yeah, yeah, 2007. Yeah. We sat like very, like literally the second to the last row in the arena. Uh, and I remember like randomly chanting like MVP chants whenever like Andres Biadrin was on the free throw line. <laughs> it was just like a very ironic <laughs> affair, the whole right. like experience of watching Warrior games back then. But it was, the, you never really like actually thought they were going to win. You just kind of enjoyed rooting for them. Um, as fun as they were, they were always notorious for like bad draft picks. Patrick O'Brien, Ike Diagu, all these random guys who like, yeah, in like, like in 2K, I would build these guys into, you know, superstars. Yeah, like, I, mean, I thought Anthony Randolph whatever, was yeah. going to be a beast, man. I thought he was going to be what Giannis is now, but never really worked out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But now we're here, right? We're with the freaking Warriors. Crazy. The, the, you know, the, the, you know, best uh, regular season record of all time. Like you have a ridiculous beat it's like they're the warriors they're a beast of a team like literally okay so on my on my notes literally the only note i have right now is like come on <laughs> come on well and the thing that people i think don't give the warriors enough credit for especially with the durant thing is that they built through the draft like before durant all those guys steph draymond clay were drafted and drafted like at, at, at levels that they, they that shouldn't they should have went earlier in the draft, right, right, in hindsight right. kind like of thing. Like six, seven or something like that. Right, yeah. right. Uh, and, and they built this team through the draft, and they made all these, like, smart decisions, like not trading Clay for Kevin Love, um, dropping Mark Jackson for uh, Steve Kerr, and then building this beautiful offensive system and this beautiful locker room culture. So it wasn't just like Kevin Durant decided to go to the best team. He decided to go to the team that played beautifully and had this great culture. So they, they earned the right to, to, to become this like Frankenstein of the team. So I, what I will say is that I'm not one of those people who's like, oh yeah, Kevin Durant is like selling out or whatever. Like he's, he's, he's being a coward by going to the best team. Like my argument is like, why wouldn't he go to the best team? It doesn't make any sense. Like what if you're, if you, if you're good at any job, whatever you do, why wouldn't you want to work with the best people and have the most fun and like get yourself to the highest level and play at the highest or do whatever you want to do at the highest level. Like Kevin Durant is just doing what he wants to like, you know, what, what's going to be most fun for him in his life. Like, I don't care about, you know, it's like good for him, I think. Yeah. And, and this, uh, this kind of convention we've had to kind of look down upon players who decide to, you know, quote unquote, chase rings. Mm-hmm. But really, that's such like an anti-workers mindset. Like we are, we're, we're, we're fortunate enough to live in this era where players are now able to leverage their like success and powers in ways that like previous generation of players weren't able to do. Like, I feel like this is, is these are revolutionary acts that like the AAU era of players are, are doing where they're kind of like 
not going to tie themselves to the franchises, instead just going to tie themselves to like their own personal well-being. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think that underlies everything, right? The idea that like the NBA is some special thing that like it's not, you know, it's it's not a job. It's not. It has nothing to do with labor forces or whatever. Like we have this idea that like the NBA is this other thing, and the rules don't apply. So yeah, I, th- I think that labor argument is actually really important. Like we need to think of these people as people rather than like, oh, millionaires who make millions and millions of dollars, like they owe something to my city and to they owe something to my team and to me. Like they should, what, sacri- like, I mean, he was giving up money too, right? Like, so it's like, I don't know, just let him do him is basically my whole thing. <laughs> right. But anyway, so like, so we have an amazing team. We're going to watch them. And it's like, if I watched them every single game, I would just be mesmerized and love the basketball. Like, what is the experience like as a fan? Because I've never had the experience of like sitting down and knowing that a team is ridiculously good and like they're probably going to win. There's a weird sense of relief that just comes with it. So I, I, would I like to compare it to the Giants World Series runs from a few years ago, where they were always like the lesser talented team that won with these crazy strokes of luck consistently, the ball hitting the bag, broken bat, you know, triples, mm-hmm. shit like that. And and you were always at the edge of your seat. They'd be down 0-2 in the series and come back and win on some crazy stuff. With the Warriors, you can just kind of enjoy the purity of the game. You can just watch the beauty, just like looking in a museum and not having to worry about these lesser matters such as are we going to win and just focusing on like the elegance of the way they play. It, so so in a sense, it's not quite as fulfilling as like the first championship run where at every step you don't think you're going to win and part of you know the euphoria of sports is going through the pain and the tension. But in another sense, when that's stripped away and everyone's kind of gunning for you and you're... Like, the Warriors are not competing with any particular team. They're competing with history. And so, to me, that's the razor's edge of the tension, is that, is this going to be the greatest team of all time? Are they going to win 75 games? Are they going to, you know, sweep the Cavs, not lose a single game in the playoffs? It's a higher level of enjoyment, I think. Oh, man. It's like the LSD of basketball. I I, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's the type of experience that, honestly, that I want. Like, like... I've put up with losing for so long and like my experience has been the total opposite not like I'm assuming we're gonna win so how good can we go it's like I'm assuming we're gonna lose so how horrible a loss will this be like okay we're up by 12 in the fourth quarter so how long is it gonna take for the Knicks to blow this lead and lose this game that they should win hands down Uh, so like this is a big like going to a good team is is it would it would be a courageous move, Alex. Tell you know, me this why. Be, well, because you know, you, you, say you jump on like the Bucks or the Pacers or the Timberwolves. Like you're you're buying stock low, not investing mm-hmm. too much into it, and then they'll become good, and you'll be like, oh yeah, I was there from the I was there from the jump. Uh, I you know I earned this. Blah blah blah. blah. Uh-huh. Now it's like you're you're coming in, and you, you know your chances of disappointment are are higher than it would be with a lot of other teams. So you're staring disappointment in the face by taking on this 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 team that's competing uh, with history. You're saying okay because this like their the expectations are so high that unless they meet if they, if they're right. anything less than a championship. Right. Like it's a huge disappointment. And exactly. so the stakes are different but they're still there. Exactly. And like think of history too. Like we still watch all these like Bulls highlights from right. you know that, that era for the next for decades for the rest of our lives. We will be seeing these clips of this Warriors friend, this Warriors team, and I look forward to like 
the next, you know, the decades I have to look forward to where I can just see those memories flashing on the screen whenever, like, whenever, you know, the next one, you know, the, like Giannis 10 years from now leads this team to, like, 69 wins in the last week of the season, then they bring back, you know, the 76-win Warrior team from, you know, 2016 or from 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll be able to relive those memories. You will live once, you know, you only live once. And to be able to capture these memories that we will always be reliving for the next, you know, decades and decades of, of, of basketball future history uh, is, is, uh, is crazy. I mean, it is true. So I will, what I will say to that is, um, is, is that in like the, the time in my life when I, when I watched the most basketball and I just watched, you know, every Knicks game and then like, you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like TNT, TBS things. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but, um, I missed so much good basketball with a, mm-hmm. an amazing team because I was watching the stupid Knicks. Like, so, you know, like, this is giving me, this would be a good opportunity for me to just watch good basketball. I mean, you you want to listen to good music. You want to watch good movies. You want to watch good TV shows. Why is it that in sports you have to limit yourself from that? Why why force yourself? You have the choice. You know what I mean? You have, you have the choice. And more importantly, this, you know, 2017, it's time to take sides. Warriors gear is political now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, I mean, from, you know, Steph Curry. Uh, St- St- Steph Curry is interesting because he has, like, slowly notched up his, like, political aptitude or at least his ability, his, 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 uh, um, his uh, uh, willingness to assert publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, from like the you know the, the the Trump stuff obviously, but also when he like called out Sports Illustrated for not putting Colin Kaepernick on the cover, I was like, damn, that's like a second level woke athlete statement. Right. Uh, that's the kind of thing uh, you know I would expect from like. You're talking Michael about you're talking about when they were talking about the big football controversy and they put yeah. up like Roger Goodell and a lot right. of like white coaches and owners or something and and, yeah. and quarterbacks I think too like white quarterbacks but yeah. not Colin Kaepernick exactly. even though they were talking about the issue that was sparked by him yeah yeah uh, and he seems like he, I think the quote was that's terrible uh, <laughs> which is which is the strongest the strongest stand you'll hear like Steph yeah. Macon uh, Steve Kerr Steve Kerr is uh, him you know him and Pop are right like they they they'll Great they give these like from the from the Spurs they give these monologues on like politics and social justice and anti-police brutality. Uh, and and Kerr does that while fighting through these like horrific, unsolvable migraine headaches. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it makes it a lot easier to enjoy the, like, because there was that moment when like I could feel like the hate come into like the Warriors, which is natural, right? That's what we dream of. When I was like in high school watching like Boston sports fans get all these victories, I would direct my hate in that direction. So I expected, you know, the, the hate coming in this direction. But now, like, it's a lot harder for people to like hate on the Warriors because like Steve Kerr is so likable yeah. and it has such an interesting story and is so smart and articulate and political right now that he's put us back on like the right side of history. We're we're the bizarre world bulls, right? We're not like Michael Jordan's, you know, infamous line, Republicans buy sneakers too. Like right. we're 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 the we're the uh we're the, you know, reverse version of that. Right. Snap. Okay. So that's so we started talking about some so the political stuff, but all, like other off the court stuff. I mean, like when I think of uh, like Warriors off the court stuff, I think of uh, Stephen Curry's daughter. You know, yeah, everyone loves Riley. Everyone Riley Curry. I think of Stephen Curry's wife. Honestly, she's pretty outspoken too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, his sister seems cool. Oh, really? She has a nice Instagram page. Oh, yeah. That's all I'll say about that. Okay. And um, Dave. Oh, so David West deserves a shout out because he was protesting the anthem before Kaepernick. Really? Yeah, yeah. He would. Uh, he would stand behind. I think 
the undefeated did did a good story about that a year or two ago. Um, and his his was like no one asked him about it. No one really noticed um, because it's probably harder taking knee on like hardwood. But he would like <laughs> right. he would stand away from like the team or something like that. And and, um, uh, and then when he was asked about it, he had like very smart, thoughtful answers about why. Um, so, and the fact that they've resurrected JaVale McGee's career, the fact that they're going to resurrect, like, Nick Young's career, the fact that they're revolution, re- revolutionizing, like, style of basketball. I know I'm starting to sound like exactly the type of Warrior fans that people hate, but <laughs> but but it's but it's all true. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, these are good arguments, I think, personally. Um, well, what, I mean, what else do I have to know about, like, about the Warriors off the, like, off the court? Like, Fan base, man. Yeah? Oracle, Roracle. When, when, I, when I would go to warrior, cheap Warrior games um, when I was a kid, the, the thing that's great about Warriors fans is, like, it, it's very specific to, like, certain sports fan bases to where, like, they cheer at, like, that exact moment that's not the obvious time to cheer. Like maybe like the other team, like maybe the Warriors are like up seven and then the other team like cuts it to like two. And then when the Warriors are making their way back up the court, then that's when like the crowd gets on their feet and like like those kind of like nuanced moments. Yeah. They have that Warriors chant, uh, which is great because they save those for just the moments when it's like that's kind of like the blood in the water cutthroat moment. And they pick their spots. And the Warriors, Warriors fans, less so now that the tickets are getting like kind of gentrified in there. Um, right. Uh, but, but, but even when they're at their worst, the crowd was always packed. It was always very loud, very smart fans. I'm sure there's a lot of other off-the-court stuff, but we got to go to a break. So when we get back, Albert is going to give me his final pitch. This is Tyler and Felice in San Francisco, California. The decision is sponsored by Alex's Twitter feed, at Alex Kappelman. Despite being one of Alex's best friends, I wasn't asked to weigh in today because I only have five Warriors jerseys. Guess I'm getting a sixth. Go Dubs. So here's where I'm at. These are good arguments. These are really good arguments. I like just immediately stepping in and watching great basketball. I like the fact that they're so outspoken politically. Here's my my other thing. Like you mentioned that, you know, Greg Popovich, the coach of the Spurs, was also very outspoken politically. Like, and the Spurs are also a really good team. So, like, first of all, why the Warriors instead of the Spurs? And then also you mentioned that the fan base is becoming more gentrified. Like, I'm already a gentrifier in my neighborhood in Brooklyn. Do I want to be a gentrifier for the Warriors team again, too? Is Do I want that? I don't know. Uh, and so those are those are my two big things. So let me tell you a story, short story. When I was uh, like early college, uh, I, I got my cousin Warriors tickets uh, for, for his birthday. And we went, it was against the Lakers, uh, like Kobe heyday. And half of Oracle was Laker fans. And it was so annoying because like, it was like Filipinos and stuff. So I was like, man, I know they're from the Bay. I know that they're from the Bay, but they still like Laker fans. And it frustrated me to no end that they're like in like our city and like our building rooting for you know the best team best team in the league. Well, they weren't that good at that point. But, you know, the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. Now I, I remember watching a Warrior game when they were playing in L.A. and there was more. It sounded like there was more Warrior fans than Laker fans. So so the Warriors like represent that that come up. They're not they're not the Celtics. They're not the Knicks. They're not the Celt uh, the uh, uh, the Lakers. They're not even like the Sixers. They don't. They don't. They, they, they. Their only championship, their best player, Rick Barry, is like the most hated NBA legend of all time. <laughs> That's true. Right? They, they don't yeah. have this like rich history we could draw on. Uh, their rise to the top of the basketball mountain was through drafting, 
was through smart decisions uh, and was through like a fan base that supported it through thick and thin. And don't, when, when you think of the word fan base, don't, don't, don't think of the, the, the tech guys buying the front row seats. Think of the, think of the, the people like me, the Filipino, Filipino folks in the bars in Oakland, in Vallejo, in Richmond, the folks getting gentrified out of San Francisco, but they still have their team. They still have that bridge on their jersey. And um, it's, it's a story of a come up through like hard work. And they, they earned every bit of their success, and so you shouldn't feel guilty for rooting for the success. And I'll give you, I'll write you out a free pass so you can go into Warrior Bars and be like, I'm allowed to be a Warrior Bandwagon fan. I got co-signed from Warrior Fan who was there from the start. I'll take that free pass, although I will point out that you're making an argument about the American dream that's like that the falsity of like, well, they got there because they worked hard and they were smarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I'm just, I'm trying to be like, but I, you know, but I'm, I'm so woke. I want to, I don't want to join a gentrified team. And you're like, no, but like, no, they deserve it. Like, cause they were smarter and better. You know what I mean? Yeah. The warriors, the warriors pretty much are the essence of immigrant optimism. Ooh, I like that. A lot to think about with this. <laughs> and so. Don't fear greatness, Alex. <laughs> All right. Albert Samaha is the criminal justice reporter for BuzzFeed News. You can find him at Albert Samaha on Twitter and I'm sure on Instagram probably too because, you know, whatever, you're a BuzzFeed reporter. Um, <laughs> Albert, it was a pleasure. It was a good time. Good time, man. Thanks for having me. The Decision is produced by me. Original music from Louis Stein, Alessio Romano, and my little brother, Scott Kappelman. I'll be releasing five new episodes of the show every weekday until Tuesday, October 17th, or at least the final episode with my decision. Until then, I'm at Alex Kappelman on Twitter.